the Ohio U.S. Senate Republican primary debate. Here now, WLWT News 5 anchor, Cherie Palello. And good evening to you. Thanks for joining us in the Wilts Theater here on Miami University's campus. We are so thrilled to be here with you again and proud to be partnering with Miami University to once again bring you another debate that matters to you in the races that determine Ohio's future. We couldn't do this without all of the support we've been getting from Miami University, from student volunteers to the logistical support to the very stage that we're standing on here tonight. It would not be possible without our partnership with Miami University. We have a busy night, a lot to get to, and not a lot of time, so let's get right to our opening statements for you tonight. And by virtue of a random draw, Jane Timken will be, give, be giving the first opening statement. Good evening. Good evening. I'm Jane Timken. I'm running to be your next United States Senator to fight for the America First agenda. As most parents know, when something threatens your children, you fight. Well, I'm a mom on a mission to take our country back, to fight for American jobs, border security, and parents' rights and education. The question in this race is, who do you trust to fight for the America First agenda? We've got a lot of show horses in this race, but I'm a workhorse, someone who's led with grit and grace to get things done, and I've done just that. In 2016, President Trump asked me to take over the Republican Party because John Kasich had driven it into a ditch. I took on the establishment and won and delivered Ohio for President Trump. And as the former chair of the Republican Party, I have to say this. The behavior of Josh Mandel and Mike Gibbons has been embarrassing. They've been acting like children and children don't win elections. We have too much at stake and we cannot risk the seat to Tim Ryan. If you're like me, you're disgusted by what the Democrats and Joe Biden have been doing to this country. Inflation is skyrocketing, gas prices are soaring, our border is burning, and we need to take back this country. I'm gonna fight for all of you to fight for American jobs, to fight for border security, for a fight for parents' rights and education. I hope you join me, thank you. Thank you. Mr. Gibbons. I'm Mike Gibbons, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate. I'm a businessman, not a politician. I'm a constitutional conservative without apology. I was born on the top of a double house in inner city Cleveland. When we made it big, we moved to Parma, a working class suburb of Cleveland. My dad was a high school teacher and a wrestling coach. And my dad achieved his American dream. He's still the winningest wrestling coach in Ohio history. But it was never about financial rewards. My dad was one of the best men I've ever known. And uh, our family, however, was always just one auto repair bill from not being able to make our mortgage payment. I decided to change that. A little over 30 years ago, I started a firm with a desk and a phone in Cleveland, Ohio. I thought I was gonna end up in the concrete business. However, I ended up in the field of investment banking. That firm has now grown to be one of the largest and best known in our industry in America. If you send me to the United States Senate, I'm gonna know how to balance a budget, and I'm, not, I'm gonna know how to uh, create jobs. But I can tell you this, I'll be the only US Senator that can finish your driveway. I remember where I came from, and I remember how I got here. And I believe our nation's in peril. And I don't believe we can entrust our nation's future to career politicians, party insiders, or people who put their finger in the air 
to find out what they're going to say next. Thank you for having me here tonight. Mr. Mandel. Ladies and gents, we are at a crossroads in the conservative movement, in the Republican Party, and in our country. Last night, we saw Mitt Romney come out in support of a pro-abortion pro Supreme Court nominee. This fork in the roads, here's one path. Mitt Romney, Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney. These are traitors to our party. These are traitors to our country. We cannot take that path. They need to be eradicated from the Republican Party. We need to go a different path. I'm going to Washington to the United States Senate to fight for you, and I'm going there to fight alongside other constitutional conservative fighters. I'm going there to be reinforcements for fighters like Ted Cruz, who endorsed me this week, Jim Jordan, and Donald Trump. I'm not just a fighter, but I am a proven fighter. In Columbus, when a lot of the Republicans will get, were getting wobbly need and weak, when John Kasich was trying to do Democrat things in Columbus, I stood up to John Kasich time and time and time again. I fought for conservative values. I fought against the wimpy Republican establishment. And when I get to Washington, I will not only be the worst nightmare of the radical left and the Democrats like Schumer, Pelosi, and Biden, but I will be the worst nightmare of these weak, wimpy, squishy, rhino Republicans in Washington as well. Mr. Vance. Yeah, so thank you for doing this, and thanks, everybody, for being here. Uh, Jane, you, you heard her attack uh, Josh and Mike. And if you haven't paid attention to these debates, uh, one of the earlier debates, Josh and Mike kind of came to grips. They were chest bumping and uh, sounded like they were maybe going to get into it. Uh, but but WLWT has very smartly given these microphones that are attached to the podium, so we can't actually leave the podium. So you guys are cutting down on drama, I guess. Um, look, I, 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 I think about what this country is going to be and what, what, what world my children are going to grow up in. And you know, we got to face up to something, which is that Tim Ryan, who's a good politician but a terrible leader for this country, is the guy that we're all going to face. Uh, he's the guy who's going to run on the Democrat side. And for 20 years, Tim Ryan has failed to protect American jobs, to protect Ohio values. And this guy wants promotion, right? Only in politics can you fail at your job for 20 years and expect a promotion. That's what career politicians like Tim Ryan are going to do. Uh, at the end of the day, we need to send somebody who can actually beat him and can deliver a strong conservative message uh, that represents the people of Ohio well. And at the end of the day, I hope what you'll get out of this debate uh, is that I answer the questions directly. I offer some substantive responses. I don't just repeat the same talking points and same slogans that you hear from politician after politician. I'm going to level with you. I'm going to speak to you like you deserve respect because you do. And I hope at the end of it, you'll, 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 you'll want to vote for me. I'm J.D. Vance, running for Senate. I'd love to have your support. Thank you. Mr. Dolan. Good evening. Thank you, Miami, for hosting us. You know, on the trail, I'm often asked, you know, why did I get into politics? And I said, I didn't get into politics. I got into public service. Politics is what you need to do to be able to serve the public. So if you ask me, why did you get into public service? I would say, basically, it's the influence and example of my parents. You know, they each have a unique story, but together they achieved the American dream. They found financial success, and they raised six children. And they raised six children on the principles of faith, hard work, and service to others. Now, my wife Jessica and I, amazingly, have two adult children going out into, on their own journey. 
uh, Sam, who's uh, in the trades, and Maddox, who's in college. And we, of course, wish them success, but we also want them to know that success is defined by how much time, talent, and treasure you give in the service of others. That's why I'm here tonight, to serve you, to serve our kids, to serve your grandkids, because we have a Democratic administration that's taking away that dream, that is saying to, uh, going to our enemies to say, let's, you create our energy rather than American workers. That is just redefining what a country is by having open borders. I want to go to Washington, not just to def defeat today's crisis, but bring my conservative leadership, my conservative results, and make sure that we are prepared for our opportunities of tomorrow. Thank you. All right, we have a lot to get to tonight, so let's get straight to our question and answer segment. And Mrs. Temkin, you will answer first. Let's talk about this economy here. Inflation is up. Gas prices are up. Many Americans are very concerned and worried that we could be heading for yet another 2008 all over again. Tell us about your specific economic plan and how you're going to keep us out of a recession. Yep. Mrs. Temkin. Well, thank you. Um, as a mom on the front lines and a mom on a mission to take our country back, inflation is affecting those who can least afford it. Um, it is ex expected that inflation is costing the average family almost $300 more a month, which means gas and groceries and diapers are costing so much more. It's putting so many families at risk, so we need to combat inflation. Look, I was in the trenches fighting for President Trump's America First policies because they were working for Ohio families. We had record low inflation, and now inflation is up to 8%. We need to stop the attacks on our energy and our oil and gas industry. One of the first things Joe Biden did was cancel the Keystone Pipeline. He said he wants to eliminate the fossil fuels. It is causing our inflationary environment when it costs our gas prices are soaring. The other thing the Democrats are doing is spending too much money. Joe Biden and the Democrats have spent almost $6 trillion, taxpayer dollars. That influx of money into our system has caused prices to skyrocket. We need good fiscal policy that is energy independence, that stops the spending. It is The Democrats are ruining our country. Their policies are failing our families. I will stand up and fight for your family to be able to afford gas and groceries and make sure that you have job opportunities that the Democrats are hell-bent on eliminating. Mr. Gibbons? The definition of inflation is too many dollars chasing, chasing too few goods. And what's happened, particularly in the Biden administration, uh, most recently in the Biden administration, we spend too much money. We now have a $32 trillion deficit, uh, or actually a national debt. Um, Inflation is a natural result of spending too much money and creating too much, uh, too many dollars in the system. The monetary base has grown 30% in just the last two years. There's no way you can fight inflation right now other than to start raising rates and, uh, and, and, and trying to push this economy back down. We've created the problem that we have. It's been largely the Biden administration. Uh, what Joe Biden has done with our energy independence by eliminating it, by canceling the Keystone Pipeline, uh, by giving a message to fossil fuel CEOs across this country that they're no longer welcome, that they want them to go bankrupt. They've not made the investments that they would normally make. They've not taken the risks they would normally take. Consequently, we've had a great reduction in, in production of oil and gas. When there's less supply, 
The demand doesn't change and prices go up. That's, helped, uh, that's also created more inflation. It's the Biden administration. We need to change spending. We need to change the policy about, about fossil fuel. Thank you, Mr. Mandel. I think this is one of those issues where experience matters. As I stand up here with four of my friends on stage, I have managed more money than all of these people combined. Managed a $22 billion investment fund as state treasurer of Ohio, managed over $200 billion of pension custody for workers all over the state of Ohio, helped take Ohio from an $8 billion budget hole to a billion dollar surplus. And then what I said, in order to make government more efficient and to grow the economy in Ohio, we need to shine sunlight on spending and cut out a lot of this waste. And so I had this idea to take the state of Ohio's checkbook, your tax money, and put all of, all of it online. I said the taxpayers have a right to know how the money's being spent. You have a right to know how your tax money is being spent. And I earned Ohio the number one ranking in America for fiscal transparency. Ladies and gents watching at home, I'm gonna do the same thing in Washington. In order to bring down the cost for you at the grocery store of, of buying meat and milk and bread, we gotta change and stop the reckless spending in Washington. Let's bring transparency to the process in order to do that. In order to bring down the cost for you of filling up your gas tank at the pump, we need to drill for oil and gas here in America, not depend on radical Islamic regimes like Saudi Arabia and Iran and Russia. Let's depend on Ohio and Pennsylvania and West Virginia. And finally, we gotta take on China. The Chinese Communist Party will have no more of a fierce opponent than me in the U.S. Senate. I will fight like heck every day to protect your jobs here in Ohio and to bring American jobs back from China into the state of Ohio. Thank you. Mr. Vance. Look, we're in an inflation crisis for a few simple reasons, right? Number one is because Joe Biden is spending money that we don't have. You spend and spend and spend. You print and print and print. That, that forces the cost of all the goods and services we rely on to go up. Uh, something else is going on. One of the things that's happening in our economy right now is it's hard for people to find workers. And we pursued a lot of policies over the past 18 months that puts good workers out of good jobs. For example, health care costs are skyrocketing. So why are we firing a bunch of nurses in this country because they don't want to get the vaccine, even though a lot of them have already had COVID? OK, uh, we're not getting enough meat and bread and 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 milk to our grocery store shelves. That's one of the reasons food is going up. Why are we firing a bunch of truckers because they refuse to get the vaccine mandate? The vaccine mandate has been one of the things that's driven up the cost of goods. Of course, it's been a terrible front to our liberties as well. But we gotta stop these ridiculous unconstitutional mandates. Some companies and some people are still exposed to them. And then the final thing, you know, Josh mentioned a little bit, China, right? The whole bargain that was offered to the middle class 20, 30 years ago by establishment Democrats and Republicans was if we ship all of our manufacturing base off to China, we decimate middle class jobs, things are going to be cheaper. Well, it took like a few years to reveal itself to be a total farce. Things are more expensive. We still have a decimated middle class. We still don't have enough self-reliance. We got to make more of our own stuff in this country, make our own pharmaceuticals, make our own steel, make the things that are necessary for our people to live prosperous lives. We do that, we'll start to get inflation under control. Mr. Dolan. The first thing I would do is hold the Biden administration accountable. You know, he spoke to the nation a few weeks ago for over an hour, and not one time in that entire hour did he mention the cost and the burdens that American families are feeling because of his inflation. And they're also trying to fool us. You know, the, it's predicted that the first quarter GDP, the growth, is going to be 2% or less. And the inflation now is at 7.9%. So you're working hard out there, Ohio. But this administration is just taking more and more of your money. It's a tax worth $5,200 on each of you. So we've heard some solution and un unnecessary spending. 
get back to energy uh, independence, make sure supply chain issues, create new economic allies. You take on China by creating new trade agreements, new alliances with other nations who are less dependent. But it's also important that we send somebody to Washington who's done it. You know, Republican leadership has put me in charge of three budgets. I've been the House Finance Chairman and I've been the Senate Finance Chairman. Each time I've delivered a balanced budget that cut your taxes, that expanded school choice, that basically said, Ohio, we're gonna do whatever it is to reduce taxes, reduce regulations, to provide the proper infrastructure, to make it attractive to be here. We wanna bring jobs back to the United States. You better send somebody who's got the experience and the know-how to make sure government is working for you, not against you. Thank you. We're gonna get back to local issues, but I do wanna talk about a world crisis that we're dealing with day in and day out right now. And many of you have criticized President Biden's handling of the war in Ukraine, but you also say that you don't want boots on the ground. You don't wanna send in troops. So my question is, how far would you go, and what would you be doing differently, Mr. Gibbons? Well, uh, I think he's doing some of the things that are right. The problem was he did them way too late. When 190,000 troops were assembled on the border, they weren't going to summer camp. Um, he had the opportunity to provide armaments much earlier, and he failed. Um, I think his actions in Afghanistan and the, the pullout that uh, there was an embarrassment to all of us, uh, just emboldened Vladimir Putin even more. Um, I think what we need to do is arm him to the teeth. And yes, we should not have any American boots on the ground or any American pilots in the air over that country. Uh, and I, I, as I think some of you know, I have a son that's a, a Navy pilot. And uh, just before we were in the green room, he, was, uh, he, he FaceTimed us. And uh, he's now being sent on deployment. The last thing I want to see him doing, in fact, we don't know where he's going. The last thing I want to see him do is end up flying in, in the Ukraine. This isn't our war, but we need to support them. We can't let the Ukraine lose, and we need to supply them and arm them to the teeth. Well, thank you to your son in his service. Mr. Mandel. I think everyone here on the stage agrees that we should not be sending American boys and girls over there. Uh, as a Marine Corps vet who did my small part on a couple tours in Iraq, Sending young men and women, whether it's on the ground uh, or in the air, to this uh, fight with Ukraine and Russia, for me, is just off the table. What are some things we can be doing and should be doing? Sending defense systems. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine here in Ohio who's a Ukrainian-American who's in contact with uh, a lot of folks over there. And some of the things they need, uh, Patriot missile systems, Avenger missile systems, uh, tactical radios is a big thing. Uh, there's so many civilians that they're training on the fly uh, to be war fighters and they're communicating via cell phones and the Russians are listening to them. And so tactical radios is actually a, a big need over there. Flak jackets as well. Uh, but the, the most significant need is surface to air and surface to sea type defense weapon system. Listen, we can't talk about Russia without talking about China. On February 4th of this year, Vladimir Putin flew to Beijing he met with Xi, who's the leader of the Chinese Communist Party. They put out, put out a joint statement to the world. And in it, there was one line that was addressed to all of us in this auditorium and everyone in America watching at home. And it said this, we the Russian Federation, we the Chinese Communist Party are focused on, quote, the redistribution of power in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, watching in your living rooms, every single day, 
Xi, the leader of the Chinese Communist Party, wakes up thinking about the downfall of America and the rise of communist China. We need senators okay. who understand that and will take on China with Thank every you. ounce of their being. Mr. Vance. So look, just to draw a contrast here, um, everybody says they don't support boots on the ground or pilots in the air, but in past debates, people on this stage have supported a quote, European-led no-fly zone, which sounds nice in, in theory, but in practice, it would force American fighter pilots to go over to Ukraine and actually shoot down uh, Russian jets. That's a terrible idea. It would be a disaster. And I got to say, at the end of the day, however tragic we find these images of what's going on in Ukraine, this is not our fight. I worry about something with Ukraine. I worry that it's a massive distraction. The focus on Ukraine is a massive distraction from problems that we have here at home. The same people who for four years told you that Donald Trump was a Russian stooge, the same people who told you that Hunter Biden had no corrupt business dealings in Ukraine are now the same people telling you we've got to escalate escalate, escalate Russian Ukraine. It's a massive distraction. The American media spends 20 minutes on the Ukraine crisis for every one minute it spends on inflation. It spends way more time on Ukraine than it does on the southern border. And right now, as we talk about Ukraine, Joe Biden is talking about rescinding Title 42, which would turn the border invasion that we have in this country right now into something that's two or three times worse than it is, than it is even right now. So at the end of the day, we've got to focus on our own problems at home. I'm fond of saying, because I think it shows how corrupt the priorities of Democrats and Republicans in Washington are, is that for four years, Donald Trump asked Congress for $4 billion, $4 billion for a U.S. border wall. He never got it. Uh, they gave Joe Biden $14 billion for Ukraine aid in a week. We've got to focus on our problems here at home. Our people are dying, and we've got problems closer to home than 6,000 miles away we have to solve. Time. Thank you. Mr. Dolan. So I know who doesn't think this is a distraction. The good people of northeastern Ohio, where we have thousands of Ukrainian uh, folks, and you here in Cincinnati, where Kharkiv is your sister city. And if you're paying attention to what's ha happening in Ukraine, Kharkiv is getting bombed by Putin. But their spirit is strong. They're singing their national anthem to stand up to Putin. So imagine how disheartened they must be when a candidate for the U.S. Senate says he does not care at all about what happens to Ukraine. We are America, and the job of the federal government is to defend you. And we can meet crisis when they're at home or abroad. This is a national security because China is watching what's happening in Ukraine. And if we aren't standing strong with our allies, if we aren't providing humanitarian aid, if we aren't providing necessary military so that Ukraine can defend themselves, do you think Xi's gonna be nervous about going into Taiwan? Do you think Putin's gonna say, well, I can go into the next country now? They will, it matters. It also matters here at home, not just because of the human loss, but because it's gonna impact our economy. Talk to any farmer about what's happening in Ukraine, what Putin did to them, about what they're expecting with their uh, fer fertilization, fertilization, or whatever the word is, and uh, wheat. It matters. It matters what happens in Ukraine. I don't want to put boots on the ground, and I'm not ready to go to no-fly zone, but I am willing to make sure that everyone, China and Russia, know America is there. Thank you. Mrs. Timken. The situation in Ukraine was invited by Joe Biden's weakness. It was preventable. We know that the Ukrainians were asking for sanctions and military equipment long before Putin invaded Russia. We need to stand up for Ukrainians and provide them with the military equipment so that they can remove Putin and Russians from 
Ukraine. As a mom watching a, the Russians bomb a maternity ward, watching dead people lying in the street, it's heartbreaking. But we need to care about our national security. And by the way, we can walk into chew gum. As a senator, we need to talk about things about protecting our national security and our border security and our energy independence. It's critically important that we get our energy independence back because it affects our national security with Ukraine. Putin is selling oil, and he's continuing to sell energy and coal and oil to the rest of the world. We need to put full court sanctions on Russia it has to happen sooner rather than later. The sanctions have not been effective. Putin is still able to fund this war. We need to put more sanctions on Russia. We need to provide the Ukrainians with the military equipment that they've been asking for, surface-to-air missiles, defense, ammunition, to make sure that they can push Putin out of Russia. But at the end of the day, it's about our national security and our importance in the world. Thank you. Let's talk about crime. The crime rate in many cities, including Cincinnati, is off the charts right now. Just last night, we had three little kids, one as young as seven years old, caught in gunfire in Covington, Kentucky. Last weekend, we had two mass shootings again, one out in Sacramento, another one down in Dallas. Recently, Ohio passed a law allowing people as young as 18 to buy a gun and carry it without training. Look, we know you all support the Second Amendment, but even many police officers are opposing this new law. So my question to you is, do you support the change? And if so, what do you say to the critics who say this is just making the crime problem even worse? Mr. Mandel, you can begin. When it comes to our Second Amendment rights, our right to bear arms, I feel that we should never, ever compromise. Our gun rights are given from God. We have them to protect us from tyranny from the government. We have firearms to protect our families. We have firearms to protect our communities. There's a lot of people in the Republican Party, some of them on the stage with me, who want to give in a little here and give in a little there. They are dead wrong. We should never, ever, ever give in to the anti-gun lobby. Because if you give them a little, they'll take a lot. Once they get that camel nose under the tent, they'll keep going and going and going. So when I describe my position when it comes to Second Amendment gun rights, it is no compromise, never, ever compromise. I also do not believe that anyone watching at home or anyone in this auditorium tonight should need a license or be required to have a license to carry a firearm. We all already have that license. It's called the Second Amendment to the Constitution. And the reality is this, the Second Amendment to the Constitution, our right to bear arms, it is what provides us the protection for all of our under other rights under God and the Constitution. Mr. Vance. Yeah, so look, I, I, I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment. I was raised by my mammal who, when she died, had 19 handguns. So we believed in the Second Amendment in our household. Uh, and I don't believe we should compromise on fundamental constitutional liberties. And of course, the Second Amendment is in the Constitution for a reason, and it's up there high for a reason. Uh, so I don't believe in compromise. Now, the question is about crime. And I think the Democrats always pull this weird bait and switch when it comes to the Second Amendment. When the crime rates go up, they always say, well, let's come after the law-abiding gun owners. 
Okay, well, what about the non-law-abiding gun owners? That's the people who are actually committing these crimes in the first place. Those are the people that you want to put in prison, prevent, prevent them from committing crimes. You don't want to disarm the people who are lawful gun owners because then very well, something may happen in their community, in their home, they're not able to defend themselves. Uh, what has happened in this country? Why, why have we had a massive increase in crime? One, because of a defund the police movement from the left, and two, a very destructive set of policies funded by a guy named George Soros to, to elect radical prosecutors all over towns and cities across this country. And those prosecutors let people out on $100 cash bail. You mentioned the Sacramento shooter. The guy who shot up all those people, innocent people in Sacramento, he was a multiple repeat violent offender. He should not have been walking the streets of our cities in the first place. He was walking the streets of our cities because we have pursued soft on crime policies. That's the thing that we have to fix. I totally agree. The murder situation in this country and in this state is out of control. The way you fix it is by locking up people who are shooting uh, innocent people, not by infringing on the rights of law-abiding gun owners. Mr. Dolan. So I started my now 32-year legal career as an assistant attorney general, where I rode with the Cleveland SWAT team as we boarded up drug houses. I then moved on to become a chief assistant prosecutor, where I sat across the table from families of victims of gun violence. So I know how real this is, and I know what we can do to curb violence. And that is to make sure, without question, we support our police. We support them with finances. We support them with, with the right equipment. We support them with the right training. Because if we do not back the police, they are on the front line of defeating these individuals who are, who are uh, completing these crimes. We also have to make sure we have the right laws. Are we punishing a someone who uses a gun in the commission of a crime enough to get them off the streets? And are we enforcing the laws that we have now? Now, in my time in the legislature, look, I uh, voted and co-sponsored the Castle Doctrine because that is the immediate defense of ourselves, our home, our car, our property. And I voted for the permanentless carry, working with the police to make some changes so that if you lie to the police, you're going to be held more uh, accountable. But the reality is I'm the only one up on this stage who's got the guts to say that if somebody has been determined mentally ill by a court of law and a doctor, that that person maybe should not have firearms until they get help. That is not about the Second Amendment, folks. That is about preventing unnecessary and awful tragedies in this country. Thank you. Mrs. Timken. Yeah, I'm a strong supporter of the Second Amendment because it protects us from government tyranny. Also, as a woman that lives on a farm, I'm glad I have a gun in my home to protect me and my family. Look, this is an example of runaway crime based on the Democrats' failed policies. Number one, defund the police. They for the last few years have been attacking our men and women in blue. I've spent the last few years and this last year on this campaign doing back the blue rallies, defending our men and women in blue. In fact, I'm doing four of them this Saturday. It's time we get to back to where we treat criminals like criminals and the police officers like the heroes they are. Also, there's a lot of talk about defending the Second Amendment. I get it. But I'm the only one who is up here defending and fighting for Joe Dieters, the Hamilton County prosecutor to be reelected, who was, by the way, attacked and challenged by a George Soros-backed candidate. We need to have policies on the books and enforce the laws and take criminals who commit crimes with guns 
out. They, Joe Dieters is absolutely right. There should be no plea deals for anyone who commits a, a crime with a gun, but we need to protect our Second Amendment. Thank you, Mr. Givens. The constitutional carry provision that we just had enacted in the state uh, really just enforced what we already had as far as a right under our Second Amendment rights. Um, nothing's really changed. We're just now being allowed to carry the guns. But the people that aren't legally allowed to have those guns aren't going to be able to carry them even their constitutional carry. The same people that are violating the law right now by carrying guns will still be violating the law. We need to check those people out. We need to take the people that are carrying guns and put them in jail, take the guns away. You know, the increase in crime correlates perfectly with the defund the police movement, with low bail, with uh, uh, minimum sentencing, largely funded by left-wing uh, black money, dark money. And, and I'll tell you, um, without that, we would have the same system we had before. Crime, uh, crime fell dramatically from the 90s until just a few years ago. And it was done by enforcement by the police, by where the average individual respected a policeman. We have a problem right now. If half of these people who got in trouble with the police just knew the words yes sir and no sir, none of these problems would have ever occurred. So as long as I hit, well, I don't have any more time. I was gonna address something else. but. Uh, but I'm in full support of the Second Amendment, and uh, I don't think anything's changed other than the right people are going to have the guns. Thank you. Mr. Vance, I understand tomorrow you have a commercial coming out saying that you are not racist. So let's talk about race, right? Every candidate here is unequivocally opposed to teaching the teaching of critical race theory. Do you think diversity, inclusion, and equity should be taught in our schools? And if not, how then do you propose Republicans reach out to the minority community? How do you win over black and brown voters? Mr. Vance. Yeah, well, diversity, equity, inclusion is this weird corporate buzzword uh, that means you know, diversity in everything but diversity of thought, uh, inclusion except for certain people, and equity, uh, which means basically progressive ideology, right? At the end of the day, it's a buzzword that I don't think it has any place in our schools and any place in our corporate workforce. Yeah, but of course diversity of thought matters. Of course it's important to have people of different perspectives. Uh, that's an important thing uh, for us to all strive towards. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think the way that we bring you know, more Hispanics, uh, more black voters into our coalition, it's an important goal, is by delivering on an agenda of economic prosperity, okay? Uh, you, you, you may remember uh, that, that Donald Trump was attacked and told basically that his, his, his support of strict immigration enforcement would lead to a rapid decrease in the amount of Hispanics that were voting Republicans. Uh, in fact, it led to a massive increase in the amount of Hispanics that were voting for Republicans. Uh, why? Because a lot of Hispanics believe, just like a lot of other Americans of other groups, that we should have a border, that it should protect us from crime, and it should, it should protect the wages of American workers. So I think so long as we focus on bringing good jobs back from China, uh, actually promoting diversity in how people think, we can do a lot to attract voters to our coalition, because at the end of the day, a lot of those voters are turned off by how crazy the Democrats are. I mean, you know, who would have believed the things the Democrats are saying today? You would have never heard a mainstream American politician say this stuff even two or three years ago. Focus on our agenda, point out how crazy the Democrats are, and I think that's how we bring a lot of new voters to our coalition. Mr. Dolan. Well, I didn't uh, run that commercial that uh, JD's running, so I don't know if that, that the first part of this question does not apply to me. But this is what 
I believe, that America should never, ever be teaching that we, we want equality in results. That is not how America was, was formed. That's not how I was raised. That's not how you were raised. We do, however, want equality in opportunity, and you do that by providing jobs, making sure that people feel safe in their homes, making sure people feel that they're properly educated, that they have avenues that if it's not a four-year degree, it may be a skilled trades uh, like my son. You need to be able to teach anyone in this country, irrespective of color, irrespective of sex or religion, you can be anything that you want. That's what this country is, is about. Now, I do have to go back a little bit, though. You know, last question, we've all talked about law enforcement. Uh, and Jane Timken said that she's tough on law enforcement, yet she hasn't yet explained to the Ohio voters why in her campaign she has Corey Lewandowski, who has been investigated for assault to women, and former police chief Bernard Kirk, who I believe had to get pardoned by Donald Trump. I don't know how you can stand in front of Ohio and say you got law enforcement's back when you're bringing those folks inside your tent. I'm, yes, no, so first of all, Corey Lewandowski is a friend of mine. He knows that I've been in the trenches fighting for the America First policies because Corey came into Ohio and campaigned for President Trump with me. I was spent 150,000 miles on my car traveling Ohio, fighting for those policies to deliver Ohio for President Trump. I saw a lot of things. I didn't see Matt Dolan. I didn't see Mike Gibbons, and I didn't see Josh Mandel. As for Bernie Carrick, Bernie Carrick was the New York City Police Commissioner who was in charge of New York City during 9-11. No one knows more about standing up for the police than Bernie Carrick, and I'm proud to have him on my campaign. Okay, so thank you for responding to that. You now have a minute 30 to address and I, yeah, critical race theory. I just want to say, and Matt, you're, you're beholden to the woke establishment left. When conservatives needed you to stand up for life and to stand up for our guns, you voted no. Let's talk about critical race theory now. Yep. So, so look, I believe in, in the teachings of Martin Luther King that we are to judge each other based on the content of our character, not the color of our skin. And diversity, equity, and inclusion is another woke buzzword for critical race theory. We, education is about education, not indoctrination. I've spent the last year talking to parents and families and school board candidates who've been standing up fighting for their children's rights and education. I've heard stories from parents who are telling me about a 14-year-old girl who came home from school saying, there's nothing I will do, I will always be a racist. In order for this country to be competitive globally, to have jobs, we need a skilled workforce to focus on the fundamentals of reading, writing, arithmetic. Look, folks, this is the woke agenda that is going to ruin our country from the inside, and I will stand up and fight for parents' rights and education. We've seen over the last two years the indoctrination of our children, and it's absolutely wrong. We need people like me who understand, as a mom on a mission to take our country back, it starts with taking back our classrooms. Mr. Gibbons. She, she raised an issue with me in her opening remarks. 30 seconds. So in my time in the legislature, I have, abortion has gone down 40% in Ohio. We need to go much further, but why? Because the bills that I worked on actually became law, survived challenges by the liberal left, and have done exactly what we want them to do, and that is reduce and ultimately get rid of abortion in Ohio. 
Let's not get distracted by issues that are not in law. Let's focus on what it actually works. Mr. Gibbons, do you think that race, diversity, inclusion should be taught in schools? I do not. Um, you know, if we started teaching the Ten Commandments, there would be an immediate outcry. And what we're teaching right now is really a religion called wokeism. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are not American principles. Nobody's ever called them American principles. It'd be great if we taught American values and, um, and, and maybe even patriotism. We, our schools are a disaster. I just, I just uh, heard that uh, in order to pass proficiency in Ohio, you have to score a 50%. Now, when I went to school, 50% was an F. In the city of Youngstown right now, fifth graders have 5.7% proficiency in reading. That means only 5.7% of them scored over 50%. We need to start concentrating on education. We need to get the wokeism out of our schools. We need to get them focused on things that are actually going to create a job for these people down the road. That's kind of gone out the window. And as long as I have some time, I'd like to address something because I was actually uh, said had something acute. I was accused of something earlier. You know, I, I love my mom. My mom is no longer alive. Uh, but I had a sister that was uh, 11 months younger than I was, and she was very well behaved. I was not quite as well behaved. And when she would finally go and do something wrong, I would still get blamed. And that's exactly what the mom on the mission over here is doing with me, with uh, with Josh. If anybody saw that event they would know that I was just standing there. So I'm frankly a little tired of hearing that. Oh, well, I, I, 30 I'm seconds. sorry, you, Mike. You, Mrs. If, Timken. If you're tired of hearing that your behavior was irresponsible and full of your own ego, it showed that you and Josh are in this race for each other and not for the American people and Ohioans. When you stood up there acting like schoolyard bullies about to come to blows and using swear words, that's unbecoming. The American people and the people of Ohio deserve better. It's a privilege and honor to run for the United States Senate. I will always lead with grit and grace. Let's move on, Mr. Mandel. I, I think I could probably speak for everyone at home watching who's sort of just grossed out by everything going on up here. Why don't we talk about bringing Americans together instead of tearing us apart? And the reality is that critical race theory tears people apart. All this transgender craziness tears people apart. What brings people together? Faith, family, God, country. I've got three little kids at home. Gideon, who's five years old. Judah, who's seven years old. Rosie, who's eight years old. I'm teaching them, when you go to a restaurant, you treat the busboy the same way as you treat the owner, like a VIP. If we go to someone's company, you treat the guy working the machine the same way as the person who owns that company, like a VIP. It doesn't matter what color skin they have. Doesn't matter what religion they are, doesn't matter where they came from, doesn't matter how much money or little money they have, we're all Americans. And I think what the left is trying to do, and no disrespect, but what the media is trying to do as well, is divide us. And what we need to do as conservatives, as patriots, as people who believe in the Trump America first agenda, is go on offense and take on all the hate from the left and stand up for what we all are, which is Americans. Okay, 
We are starting to run out of time. So my final question here is going, I will give you each 30 seconds to respond. And I want to touch on what you were just touching on, Mr. Mandel, and everyone here, because this certainly has been a very divisive race, and it sometimes, frankly, very nasty. So this race, again, has been hard fought by so many of you, to the point where in past debates some of you have about come to blows. Very little, a lot of people would argue, not from the media, but from the public, gets done. Uh, in Washington, unless you can work together, unless you can compromise. So my question is, and again, 30 seconds, how can you be a senator for all Republicans and all Ohioans? Mr. Dolan, 30 seconds. Because I have achieved so. The last budget I just did cut all your taxes, reduced regulation, expanded school choice, reduced abortion, and f funded the police. And it was labeled by the Ohio Republican Party the most conservative budget in le Ohio legislative history. Very, very proud of that. Half the Senate Democrats voted for it as well. We can achieve Republican principles and execute on Republican ideas without destroying the character of people who disagree with us. Mrs. Timken. I've always said I will lead with grit and grace. As chair of the Ohio Republican Party, I took over a very divided party. They were fractious. I unified Republicans in the same way I will reach across the aisle to get things done for Ohio and the American people. I put 150,000 miles in my car, traveling Ohio, talking to Ohio's farmers, families, businesses, and communities. I understand what you want in your senator. It's for your family to have jobs and opportunities so that you can have a life that you can put food on the table and have a, a wonderful American dream. I will always be fighting for you and I will not compromise my conservative convictions, but I will go to Washington and make sure that I deliver for all of you. Time, thank you. Mr. Gibbons. I don't believe in compromise with socialists, um, but I do believe in the power of persuasion. I've spent my entire career convincing CEOs all over the world that my ideas were the right ideas. I think I've been practicing for the United States Senate my, my entire career. In order to get these people to understand what the truth is, you have to have the facts and you have to have the truth. And that's what I believe I've been able to convince people all over the world my entire life. Mr. Mandel? I think it comes down to core values. Uh, for me, my core values come from the way I was raised in my family and the way I was raised in the Marine Corps. In the Marine Corps, our core values are honor, courage, and commitment. And in my family, I was brought up by uh, parents who love me, uh, but also were tough on me. And I was also brought up by grandparents who survived the Holocaust and who, uh, one who served in the U.S. Army Air Corps. And they taught for me love of country, love of my fellow man, love thy neighbor. And those are the type of core values, along with my Marine Corps values, that I'll take with me to the U.S. Senate. Mr. Vance. Look, I think it's very possible to get things done in Washington. You've got to remember two important facts. You know, one is that most of the people in this country are good people, but the political leadership is totally broken. Okay. Uh, let me just give you an example. A uh, piece of legislation moving through uh, Congress right now, sponsored by Josh Hawley, great senator from Missouri who's endorsed me, that would ban members of Congress from trading individual stocks. It's a great way to end corruption in this country where you got people like Nancy Pelosi who buy a stock, who get rich off of it, who use their public trust to get wealthy for themselves. You know who hates that legislation? Well, of course, Nancy Pelosi, but also, frankly, a lot of Republican leaders. So if you're willing to actually 
challenge the leadership of your own party, the political class in this country, you can get things done. It's very possible. Thank you. That ends the question and answer portion of our debate tonight. Let's move on to closing statements. You will again have a minute 30. And Mr. Dolan, you have the first closing statement. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. You know, Rob Portman surprised everybody uh, last January when he announced he wasn't running for this seat. And within weeks, uh, my opponents were already in the race. You know, I was doing my job serving the people as a state senator in Columbus, serving on uh, as finance chairman. And then when I came out of the budgets in June, you know, I began to pay attention to this race and found out that the Ohioans weren't hearing what they wanted to talk about. Ohioans wanted to know that they're, they're, someone's going to go and fight for their economy. Ohioans want to know someone's going to go fight for their security. And I got in this race in September, and I have been laser focused and consistent throughout. It's about Ohio, our security at the, our international, our border security, our neighborhood security, and our financial security. And there have been many opportunities in this race for anyone but me to stand up and say they're fighting for Ohio. And one of them is just a short ride down the highway. And that is for years, Democrats and Republicans have been saying, we've got to fix the Brent Spence Bridge because it's so important to our economy. 3% of our GDP goes across it. And yeah, I've been stuck in that traffic along with you fellow Southwestern Ohio folks. I am the only one on this stage who said when Rob Portman struck that deal, which did not raise our taxes, did not increase our debt, but brought back needed funds to Ohio to create thousands of jobs in the short term and create economic prosperity and access in the long term, I am the one going to Washington because Ohio matters. Thank you. Mr. Vance? Okay. Look, I think it's time for Republicans to wake up and realize what time it is. We've got a lot of crazy stuff happening in this country. Uh, just a few news stories that I've read in just the past few weeks uh, or, or stories I've heard when we go out and do these town halls all across the state of Ohio. I've heard from doctors who are worried about losing their license or getting fired from their job because they don't want to get a vaccine uh, to a four-year-old, five-year-old kid. Uh, I've heard about corporations firing people or threatening to fire people because they admit that they donated to a politically conservative cause. We all know that social media companies, many of whom are in bed with the communist Chinese, are censoring conservatives, making it hard for conservatives to actually speak their voice in this country. On issue after issue after issue, the old way of doing politics, even in the Republican Party, is just not going to cut it. We are in a new world, a new situation. We have new enemies, we have new problems, and it's time for Republicans to wake up and figure out what time it is. No more of the old slogans, no more of the old establishment talking points. We need to send people to Washington, D.C. who are going to fight, fight against the big corporations that are destroying our values, fight against the bureaucracy that's making it hard for Americans to live their lives, fight against the Biden administration, which has opened our border to a flood of illegal people and illegal drugs. It is time to send people who know what time it is. That's me. I'm J.D. Vance. I'd love to have your help. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mandel. We've been on this stage for an hour, and it's shocking to me that not one question from the moderator and not one mention from my opponents about stopping abortion. And so rather than using my last 90 seconds to talk about a bunch of different issues, let me talk about the importance of protecting life. For me, it's not just talk. I've been an activist in the pro-life movement most of my adult life. When most of the Republicans were afraid to be for the heartbeat bill in Columbus, I was the first statewide official to stand up and fight. And you know who we were fighting? We were fighting John Kasich. 
not just the pro-abortionists, we were fighting John Kasich as well. If we don't fight to overturn Roe v. Wade, if we don't fight to stop abortion, nothing else matters. And what I've learned as a leader in the pro-life movement is that there's a big difference between friends and champions. A friend is someone in Columbus or in Washington who you gotta twist their arm and maybe at the end of the day they'll vote the right way. A champion is someone like me, like Ted Cruz, who's endorsed me, like Jim Jordan. Leaders who will wake up every single day living and breathing and sleeping this issue, waking up every day to stop the evil of abortion and to protect life from conception to natural death. If you're watching at home, if it's an issue you care about, if you're passionate about protecting the unborn, then I am your guy, Josh Mandel. Mr. Gibbons. I'm a businessman and not a politician. And uh, unlike politicians, I tell it like it is, and I've been consistent. That's probably why uh, Rand Paul endorsed me for the US Senate. Uh, when I get to Washington, I will not owe anything to anybody. I cannot be bought. I've already achieved my American dream. So you've heard me answer a few questions tonight, but you don't know a lot about me. But before we leave here tonight, I want to tell you what I believe. I believe in America and the America First agenda. I believe in the sanctity of human life and the right to keep and bear arms. I back the blue, and I believe in law and order. I believe in peace through strength. I believe a nation without borders is no nation at all. I believe in liberty, personal responsibility, and that America is still the envy of the world. I believe America is the greatest country in the history of the world. And most importantly, I believe our rights come from Almighty God and not from government. I'm Mike Gibbons, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate. Mrs. Temkin. Thank you, WLWT, for hosting this t debate tonight. And thank you to the members of the audience for being here. You're on the front lines of taking our country back. To me, this is about the American dream. My grandparents came to this country with little to no education and for their own American dream. My grandfather worked in a rubber factory. My grandmother was a maid. My mother came to this country from Scotland to pursue her own American dream. Because of their hard work and values, I was able to live the American dream. And I'm in this fight for you and your children and grandchildren to have the American dream. But if we're honest, it's at risk. We need people who are gonna stand up and fight for this country, fight for border security, American jobs, energy independence, and peace through strength. I will always stand up and fight for you. I'm in this race for you. It's not about me. It's about what's best for Ohio. It's about our liberties and freedoms. I will always stand up and fight for our First Amendment freedom of speech, our First Amendment freedom of religion, our Second Amendment to protect us from tyranny of the government. I will proudly stand up for life and protect the most vulnerable. I hope you join me. I humbly ask for your vote. Thank you. How about a huge round of applause for all of our candidates here tonight? They have a big job ahead of them the next four weeks heading into the primary. Thank you all so much for being here with us. We appreciate it. That wraps up our debate in the Republican primary for the U.S. Senate. Another round of applause for Miami University. We could not do it without our partners. They team up with us every election. And we so appreciate all of our volunteers who helped make this happen here tonight. From all of us at WLWT and Channel 5, I'm Sheree Palello. Thanks for joining.